This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 a ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakovan. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. We're back here on the block on 93.7 The Ticket in a great American fashion here. So this, this, song this, will never, this will never end for me. <laughs> this will forever be in ingrained in my brain you know that Can song you, you know you remember you remember um cypress hill had insane in the membrane oh, yeah this is ingrained in the membrane <laughs> because my one of my favorite guys man is will always be vince mcmahon oh yeah <laughs> just, although he's in some hot just that little just, uh, <laughs> that, that little walk he had just strolling yeah that, that will forever be ingrained in the brain yeah, he's in a little bit of trouble. He stepped down. Triple H actually has taken over creative oh, yeah? for WWE. Yeah, now so uh, wow. And uh, he's a legend, man. Yeah, legend. Triple H is a legend. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. He's got a classic song too. Yeah, yeah. Well, we play that. We that's play part that of one. our. Yeah, we like classic. our wrestling music uh, here on the block. Uh, we also like BP with DP. We've done that uh, once. We're gonna do it again, and uh, we'd like you to be a part of it. So what it is is we go out there. DP's not gonna be there this time, yeah. but Eric Strickland will lead the group uh, tomorrow uh, around three thirty. So you have to have time. You have to have a glove. Bring a glove at three thirty. Uh, and this isn't open to anybody. This is open to whoever wins. Right now, we're going to give it out to, let's do caller number three again. How about that? Uh, 402-464-5685. If you got some time at 3.30 tomorrow and want to take some swings, some hacks at Haymarket Park with Eric Strickland, and I'm sure a few other guys will be there. Give Steve Taylor's going to be there. Steve Taylor's going to be there. 402-464-5685. Caller number three. We'll get to do that. Also... Uh, I think we're we have a suite for tomorrow's game. Yeah. Ninety three seven. The ticket tickets. does so you get two tickets to that as well. Once again, four zero two four six four five six eight five. Caller number three will take. Uh, well, you can't take anything home. You've got to come and join us. You'll get the opportunity for BP with DP. So that will be a blast. Uh, I'm not sure. Do you take the uh, Sunday morning pancakes? Guys will be out there again. They took some nice swings. They, last could, time. they got some cuts out there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, Nuri's maybe hurt, so I don't know if he's going <laughs> to cut it, but. The big fellas were out there swinging it last time. Man. Yeah. We had a good time. We had a good time with them. And they Brent, joined yeah. us on the block, too. Yeah, and Brent's got them. a background in baseball, yeah. I believe. And, yeah, and he sure did. He's a tri-sport athlete, uh, just like yourself. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. I did want to ask you this, too, as we uh, we will get the third caller there and uh, have somebody join us with BP with DP. As you did come back from Big Ten Media Days, um, were you bothered at all? Some Husker fans were by the fact that Scott Frost basically skipped the State of the Union address. He he, he went up for he had already taken questions, but went up uh, in front of cameras and, and ready f- to kick off the whole event to be in to be uh, truthful because he was the first 
coach to, to go up there. Every other coach in the Big Ten um, made their made their opening statement, and you know it's not that hard usually. You just kind of say something, a few positive things about your team, and then open up for questions and uh, just rub some people the wrong way. And I wouldn't say it rubbed me the wrong way. I do think that it's very non CEO like to completely skip your opening statement because it is. It's an opportunity that um, you get every year. The coach yeah. gets every year. Um, to say something in front, you know, it's, it's televised. It's, it's like, this is, that's why you're there. It's big 10 media days yeah. is to get something to say. Um, did that say anything to you that he decided to skip the, the opening statement for, say that's the thing. I, I say that it's, it's twofold because I understand that point. And that's, that's when I was out there. I, I kind of was like, Hmm, you know, it, it was a thing that makes you say, Hmm, yeah. moment. Right. But, I can understand also that him taking a business approach. I mean, because it was very, very well stated in that we didn't we didn't win a bowl game. This is not a uh, you know something where we were gifted the opportunity to go. We're going out there about business. We're going out there to handle business. So if you're taking that mindset of we're going out there to handle business, let's get right to the business. What's up? Yeah, You know, so I can understand that part, too. I can understand, too, that, you know, as as was stated, um, who was with us on, on from on three earlier? Uh, Brian Munson. Yeah. Brian Munson was right. Yeah. OK, so Brian, uh, Brian was on. And so I can I can understand Brian's point, too, because, yeah, some of them weren't very, you know, there was not depth or anything that made you say, yo, let me get on my computer and make sure I'd make note of this. Uh, in their opening statement, some were though. Some yeah. was some was very missionary driven. It was talking about the mission, what they're going to do, and they they kept it centric on the players and and so forth and so on. But but he allowed that to come by way of the questions, and and he addressed them therefore. So I'm not I'm not one to say that I am like man, he missed a, missed an opportunity there. I think he's probably tired of having he's he's pissed. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he's been taking these L's and, you know, he wants to be on the other side of that. Um, he had been just sitting down for almost 40 minutes to an hour taking questions. And he was just flowing in the same vein. Yeah. So I can understand both. Well, points. and I, I think, too, it, it maybe is under, you know, you kind of think about the short term and like, OK, well, you should have said something. But you kind of think about the the long term there. I wonder if Big Ten Media Days is a bit awkward for Scott Frost because remember yeah. when he came in, he was the guy. I mean, all the reporters flocked to him, and he was arrogant. I mean, mm-hmm. in, 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 uh, you know, you don't feel any wrong way saying that. He was always talking about year two. That was going to be the year. Then he's comparing some of his players to all-time greats. I mean, he was pretty arrogant early on. He's took in his lumps. He's been, yeah. you know, more quiet about it. But I think to a degree – it's got to be somewhat awkward going in onto the field uh, for two reasons. One is uh, the Big Ten did kind of make note of this, and, and, and as well they should. I mean, it's very rare that this happens, that they were the only Power Five conference with uh, no coaching changes in the Big yeah. Ten. So that was very rare that that happens. Now, obviously, we all kind of know who's the closest one to you know making that not a possibility with Scott Frost. So that's kind of awkward in and of itself. Right. And then the other thing is, you're looking at all these guys. You're in the same room. You know, you meet up with them every year. 
um, with all these guys that just have your number and just, you know, um, whatever it is, maybe you don't, whatever, whatever it is that you don't want to say too much, maybe you don't want, um, you know, them to pick up anything from yeah. you, or maybe you're just uncomfortable there. Maybe yeah. he doesn't like hanging out with a bunch of guys that barely beat him last year. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that that might have played into it as well. I mean, that's the mystery, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I was talking about when, you know, when we were uh, on different segments and even on the block it is it felt like it's a mystery. It's like a uh, one of those those uh, escape room games mm-hmm. that's being played right now that you're not trying to give up too much things or information or things about the offense or things about your defense that you you want them to be able to have to do the work. You know, they're going to have to do the film study. They're going to have to break it down. And I think that's what's that's really what's interesting to me. That's that's really given me some vigor internally to want to dig into what that's going to look like when I see them at Northwestern, you know, to be there in that stadium, to be able to observe how they're going to execute. And you can see the difference in the contrast between fits. Oh, yeah. Like. Fitz was very strong and present and confident. He made a statement by wearing that, that oh yeah, suit. That I think. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, man. He, you can tell um, that um, you know they're serious about it. And even though you know matchup wise or team wise, he doesn't have that same talent to put on the field. But you would know that by the yeah. way that he was his presence there and the way that he you know, spoke about what they're trying to get done and, you know, what they've accomplished and don't get it twisted. You know, we, we've won the big West, you know, like, like, you know, we've taken, this is what we do at Northwest Western. We take, you know, I was, I was a zero, I was a zero star and we take zero stars and make them stars. I mean, that's basically stuff he was saying. And, and that's, you know, when you think about that, that's scary because, to be able to take and to get buy-in and to get them to run through walls that and to have chips on the shoulders, you know, you're expressing that. That's a scary thing when, you know, you find somebody on a zero, uh, a zero day for games that you just don't know what to expect. That means you better come with your A game. You yeah. know, don't, don't come in there slipping. But, you know, that, that, that reminds you of a prize fighter, right? Uh, you know, a Tyson or somebody that walks in the ring, ring and they're so overconfident and you know you're, you're, you're better than your opponent and, you know, you stick your neck out there and, you're, you know, you're doing the Sugar Ray Leonard or somebody, you know, and you're, you know, you're poking your head out there and you get clipped. Oh, yeah. Same thing in the, UFC, uh, in the UFC, right? Let's say Andy Ruiz won a heavyweight ch- title the other year just because of that. Yes. Yeah. So that's the thing, man. You know, and, and that's why – it's good in some instances the way Scott's approaching it because you heard it from the players. Like I heard it in their interviews. They're, they're going in there to handle business. This yeah. ain't a play. You know, um, there's a show that I, a movie I watched. Um, you guys are young, but go check your Netflix or go check your Amazon prime. There's a, sh- there's a movie out there called the last dragon. And in it, there was a there was a young there was a, a a guy that was trying to find him. This is this helps me to understand what Nebraska's plight is right now. He was a master. Nebraska football is mastery at its finest. If you look into its its history, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he was a master, but he didn't know himself. He he lost himself, 
And he was trying to find out who the master was, but really the master was within him, right? Mm-hmm. And he's, he, he comes up against this other master, and there's a segment in there where he tells him, playtime's over, boy. <laughs> and that's what I feel like that's what the Huskers was bringing. And the crazy thing about it is his signature stuff was red. So <laughs> that's why I'm saying like he was, you know, that's what I felt like the Huskers were basically the way they were coming across. Yeah. Playtime is over. This is about business. We ain't going out there to see sites. We're not going out there to see what uh, uh, Janarius Dargarian, whatever from the. Janarius Dargarian. D- Dar- yeah. yeah, we're not going out there to, to see the dragons and see, you know, who the Game of Thrones winners are. No, yeah. we're going out there to win. That's what it seemed like to me. Yeah, and that's it's very interesting because it's. Kind of sad, to be honest with you, because how often do you get a chance to go to Ireland right. uh, for those kids? But, I mean, that's the way that they're looking at it is, um, you know, that they, that they didn't earn it. They didn't really earn this trip, but they're going to uh, <laughs> mostly just focus on the field. And I can't wait uh, for that game to kick off. I hope that it's at least entertaining <laughs> because <laughs> there have been some Nebraska-Northwestern games a few years ago um, that uh, I felt bad I made my friend sit through. So, you know, I, as long as, and I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think this year's offense obviously is going to be entertaining uh, from that aspect. Uh, let's jump into no, man, Corey, oh, go ahead, go Corey, ahead. Corey, Corey. See, Corey, you got to look at the text line. Corey and Lincoln said it. He knows what I'm talking about because he said, <laughs> hell yeah, Strick, show enough. That's what if you watch it, you'll understand what he's saying. Those those who know and seen the movie show enough. Who's the master? Show enough. <laughs> Uh, let's do jump into the pro ranks real quick because uh, camp started for them as well. Uh, and it's interesting because there's a lot of camp battles going on at the quarterback position. Maybe none so uh, more intriguing than out there in Pittsburgh where you have uh, Mason Rudolph, uh, the new Kenny Pittsburgh himself, Kenny Pickett out there, uh, as well as uh, as a guy that they brought in. has been a backup. I mean, he's been a starter before out there with the Bears and, and then uh, spent a few years as a backup or maybe just, I think it was two years, in Mitch DeBrick out there with the Bills as a backup. Uh, and so they've got this open competition. Each of them took equal snaps. And with the NFL camps, you know, it's kind of cool. They let fans hang out. And uh, so it's kind of interesting that Trubisky – didn't start off well. He, you know, he threw behind George Pickens. By the way, George Pickens a great uh, addition to that team. I think he could be the next Steelers star at wide receiver. Yeah. Um, but in any case, um, so it, it took just a few throws there for the Pittsburgh fans <laughs> to start chanting for Kenny Pickett. Um, it, it, whether I mean, regardless of who you think should win that, com- you know, that competition or who's ready and all that. Man, it's going to be tough, especially with a, a three-man group, I think, that's somewhat equal um, because the backup quarterback is always the most <laughs> popular guy uh, on, you know, in a fan base. Um, it, I wonder, you know, do you see all three of those guys starting at some point this season? Ooh. Nah, on a, in an in NFL. You know what? They normally don't just keep three. Mm-hmm. Right. It, 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 you know, normally would like to spread that around in your, you know, other have other positions. Right. You normally don't keep three quarterbacks just unless you just absolutely know there's potential for injury or whatever. Some do. I mean, it's there. Yeah. But it's a rarity. Right. This instance, because they just don't know, you might see that that happens where once it then becomes established or somebody kind of begins to take the reins then they may 
release somebody, you know, and then maybe pick up another player yeah. off their practice squad or somebody. They've been watching and kind of have an eye on, or if somebody gets released in the latter part of, you know, uh, as you're approaching the season, that somebody's out there that you can maybe grab an addition, a linebacker, or rush in or something, you know, just some. They're they're always looking at those instances, but I would say this it's that's very possible. What's going to be interesting is what their exhibition or their preseason games look like, right? Mm-hmm. Who's going to run first game? Maybe they'll throw another one in the second game. You know, normally you'll have one quarter, two quarters, then last guy gets one. You know, but you just never know how that's going to pan out for this particular situation. It's interesting. I mean, he's a he's a former 2017 is not that long ago. He's a former second second overall pick. Oh, and yeah. a pro bowler. Let that be known. Let's, we talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Talk, Bach hates it when Bach. I say that. I, I like to see the, I like Trevor to see, Simeon. I like to see the fights going on between oh, yeah. these two. To break it down. Well, I've done it before for him. I mean, he's the, the Pro Bowl is a bunch of backups now. Facts. Nobody wants to go anyway. Um, so Trevor I, Simeon, be put respect on his name. I don't want to put too much respect on his name. Yeah. <laughs> and go, going to look at uh, <laughs> specifically at Trubisky, I'm sure he was probably an alternate. Was yeah, I would. Yes, he was yeah. an alternate. I think the most fascinating discussion that we need to have about this is this is going to come down to whoever you interpret uh, rookie quarterback being thrown into the NFL. There are some people that think he should be thrown in game one, throw him into the fire, see what he can do. Some teams Trevor wait Lawrence. until Trevor Lawrence, who mm-hmm. looked pretty rough. You could go all the way back to Peyton Manning. He still mm-hmm. has the record for most interceptions in the season because mm-hmm. he was thrown into the fire. It obviously worked out well for him, but there's some quarterbacks doesn't. There are some teams that take the approach, we're going to wait until midseason. We're going to let him get kind of his legs warmed up a little bit, let Joe him Burrow? see the game a little bit more. Yeah, uh, Joe Burrow, did he? Wait a little bit. No, I think he kind of got thrown in there. I think he got thrown in there. (laughs) Baker Mayfield was one of those that had to wait a few weeks, and then he was uh, uh, eventually thrown in. And then there's some people that think, no matter what, Trey Lance, you wait an entire season, you let him play a snap here or there. If the the starter goes down, you wait, and now it looks like they're moving on with Trey Lance. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers another another perfect example. So I, I think it really just comes down to how you interpret it because Mike Tomlin's not a fool. He's arguably one of the best coaches in the NFL so Mm -hmm. I think this is going to be interesting because if I remember correctly his entire career he's had Ben Roethlisberger Mm -hmm. he's never been put Mm -hmm. in this situation now you have this first round quarterback small hands picket obviously small hands picket (laughs) Kenny Pittsburgh who I wouldn't say is ready to play now but at the same time like is Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph that much better like is that really going to do it for you so I I don't know and I don't know what they're going to do to be honest with you do they have a quarterback coach that, and I think they do because I think Roethlisberger was pretty happy with who they have around mm-hmm. there. They haven't had a whole bunch of turnover in their staff, I don't think. Um, so, do you, yeah, I think that's a great question, Nate. I mean, you're looking at, I mean, Mason Rudolph, really? Like, am I rolling with Mitch that? Mitch Trubisky, I mean, Trubisky, like, yeah. like uh, you know. <laughs> but know. why not? I mean, he's a hometown kid. You're probably going to get a little bit more grace. Being mm-hmm. that he is I, local. You, right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. He's um, definitely the one they've got the most, you know, long-term plans for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm I, – I just I, – I, I think that's something to kind of be weighed out. I'm really interested to see how their preseason games are going to But go. they potentially – I mean, keep in mind, Tomlin's never been below 500. I mean, this is a team that's it's, probably going to yeah. expect to be competing in the playoffs. T.J. Watt is going for his third straight year leading the, the, the NFL in sacks. Can he break it? Tied 22? the sack record last 22-5, year. 22-5, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
you know, I, 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 it's interesting. Pittsburgh's not a place that's going to, um, you know, they're just so used to winning so much. But they it's going to be interesting. But here's what's interesting. Let's test. Well, it's still going to – because at this point, is there mediocrity? This is a question. Sutter Heyman text line is open. 402-464-5685. Because this is a question. Let's, is, is this a good specimen to test our theory on? Rookie contract? mediocrity in the in the quarterback position money to go out elsewhere mm-hmm. and find other pieces to build on and find out there is it going to work is it going to allow Tomlin to stay in the relevance relevancy of staying over 500 because this is this is what we talked about mediocrity now you can either have great quarterback is he going to be that that's still yet to be seen but can a mediocre, a mediocre quarterback with some talent, can they find the pieces that can help them to win? Well, you know what's most interesting about that, Strick, is do you look at some of these other teams that have done this? Uh, outside of maybe the Chiefs, they probably don't fit into this. Uh, a lot of those teams have already paid a running back. Uh, the Cowboys did it when they had Dak on a rookie contract. The, the Bengals are paying Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. They drafted Najee Harris in the first round last year, and he was one of the best running backs in the NFL. So you could have a duo where you have your quarterback and running back making next to no money mm. in the grand scheme of things. So that's where I think it's really interesting mm. is because you have your two biggest pieces on offense, and they're not getting paid squat. So I think that that's what makes this so fascinating for me. Well, and the other thing to watch out for with Najee Harris is that, yeah, I mean, he did he ran for 1,200 yards, but he only averaged 3.9 yards per carry, so um, – only 3.9 I'll take four yards of carry that's a first in down NFL, baby in the NFL that's that's anything first down anything under four is not too impressive and what I'm saying well, is he's is, not but he's not like um a, a Kamara right no you know what I mean he's, he's ground and he's pound. a ground and yeah. pound guy what so I'm saying is 300 plus carries every year is going to add up on he's a running back yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't care. Which is why you don't pay a running back, and yeah. right. that's kind of why he's on a cheap contract. The other thing is they don't have, like, the Ben Roethlisberger, I don't know if it was a product of Ben Roethlisberger or just the way they made it work, always had stud wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Juju Smith-Schuster hasn't been a stud for one thing, and he's out the door he's now. He's gone. So I don't know. It's no Antonio Brown to save you. Maybe, it, no. maybe they found a gem in the fifth and sixth round again. Like Antonio Brown. Chase Claypool's just a headache half the time. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Making TikToks and doing whatever nonsense. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm fascinated. I will stand by the belief in Mike Tomlin going over 500 until he proves me wrong. But it's it's a brand new era, and just like we've been talking about, the, 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 the thin line they're going to walk down, like, are we going all in this year? Do we want to, you know, is Mason Rudolph, do you have at least have familiarity with him? Um, you know, Trubisky for what it's worth, at least, uh, you know, he's, <laughs> he's got been a playoff. starter. He's got, yeah. playoff he's experience. been a starter. Yeah. Um, 29 and 21 yeah. record, but he's I'll, got a winning record. If and you and get... the rookies struggled last year. That's yeah. another thing is, can he pick it in a better position than those guys were? Eh, you know, it, it's tough to say. That's, that's one interesting one. How about out there in Carolina where Sam Darnold and uh, Baker Mayfield walked on the field at the same time. And, uh, it was all the cheers were all for, uh, the new Mayfield. guy, Baker Mayfield. Of course. <laughs> of course. Sam Darnold has been a struggle, you know, since he was with the Jets. Yeah. They just did. They don't know what to do with him right now. Is he a career backup guy? He seems to be at Probably this point. Probably so. Yeah. It's just sad that he had to play for the Jets. I mean, you don't those even have the, a chance. Those are the chance. doldrums of the, yes. the Jets. Yeah. The Jacksonville Jets. Well, I can't. Oh, yeah. 
them yeah. without without Jalen Ramsey. Blake yeah. Bortles went to an AFC championship. Stop it. Stop it. And he was a pro bowler. Stop it. Keep that in mind. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. With anybody other than Blake Bortles. Cleveland that, Browns, that great doldrums. All of them. Oh, yeah. You go there as a quarterback, you're in the doldrums. Other than what Baker Mayfield was able to do, but still, doldrums. I mean, if you put <laughs> Sam Darnold on the Patriots, I think he's fine. That's why it's so sad because I think Sam Darnold's a fine quarterback, but once you go to the Jets, nah. Yeah. He's done. Call New, it a can wash. New York rebound this year? Yeah. No. <laughs> Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's going to be the same problem. Yeah. Another career gone, going to go to waste. Daniel Jones and Zach Wilson. Wow. 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 New York's really wow. lighting it up this year. <laughs> all right. We'll take a quick break here on the block. And uh, sorry to all the Jets and Giants fans out there. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back. More, uh, more sports to talk. How about this? Joey Chestnut ate 44 Cane's chicken fingers in five minutes. We'll see which one of these guys thinks that they would win. Uh, in that sort of contest. Coming up next here on the block on 93.7 The Ticket.